guys, and welcome to Money Talks News, the podcast. This episode, we're talking about making better money decisions. Should you buy or lease your car? Where should you live? Is college worth it? Should you invest in stocks? If so, what kind? How much insurance do you need? These are the kinds of decisions we're faced with every day. And the answers you choose can literally change your life. That's why today we're going to talk about how to make better financial decisions. Actually, just better decisions in general, for that matter. Um, I'm your host, Stacey Johnson. My co-host, as usual, is the beautiful and talented Miranda Marquette. Hello, Miranda. Hi, Stacey. Did you like that intro? I mean, I'm not going to say no. It was a little sexist. I'll admit that. But I look at you and that's what I thought. So, okay. (laughs) Listening in, sometimes contributing is our producer, Aaron Freeman. Hello, Aaron. Still waiting to make better financial decisions. Yeah. And don't worry. It's going to happen for you. And today we have a super special guest, guys. J.D. Roth, the dean of personal finance bloggers and the founder of the uber popular website, Get Rich Slowly. Hello, J.D. Hello. And thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. You won't remember me, J.D., but we met, I think, at my very first FinCon convention in Chicago. Um, I'm going to say in the 1800s. Yeah, yeah I think ago. it might have been even like 1798 or something. It was something like that. I know we were wearing powdered wigs. Yes, yes, exactly right. <laughs> anyway, before we start, guys, remember this. Should we uh, mention any specific investments on this podcast? They're not recommendations. You know why? Because we don't know you. We can't make recommendations. You got to do your own research. You got to make your own decisions. Okay, let's dive in. JD, give us a little history. What is your background? How did you become the guru that you are today? Well, I became the guru that I am today by making a lot of mistakes. I have no formal financial education. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a certified financial planner. Uh, I'm just a regular guy who is deep in debt. And uh, I got sick and tired of being in debt, decided I wanted to work myself out of debt. So I read every, I went to the public library, borrowed every book I could find on personal finance, started applying the things that I was learning. And uh, lo and behold, by doing the things the books recommended, I was able to get out of debt. And not only that, uh, but eventually become financially independent. That is awesome. And, you know, we I was just making a joke about how long we met each other, but you have been in this a long time. You were a financial yeah. blogger. How, when did you start? Uh, I started Get Rich Slowly in uh, 2006. So we're looking at 16 years plus at this point, and it's been a long time. That's amazing. And you're, and I was making a joke to Dean, but he really is. I mean, if, if you're <laughs> a personal finance blogger, you know this guy. Am I right, Miranda? I mean, he is famous. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm famous in my own mind, but J.D. I mean, is famous in real life. <laughs> and it's weird. Well, it's weird because to me, I'm just a regular guy who does regular stuff and just writes about all the dumb things I do and the mistakes I make along the way. Well, well said, you know, and, and a lot of people don't admit that, but my the road to my success is paved with stupid moves. <laughs> That's right. And, <laughs> in fact, Failure think- is the foundation of success. There you go. And I think later in this podcast, if I read Miranda's notes correctly, we're going to be all confessing our biggest financial mistakes. But but let's, oh, let's that'll be fun. Yeah. And, well, and, and the podcast is only thirty minutes long. Okay, so I don't know how many we can actually. Live, but but, but let's, let's talk about making better financial decisions. And, and you would think that. There's not really a lot. There's no real concrete rules for making decisions, but that's really not true. There are there are rules for making decisions. So what what have you learned as you stumbled through life, JD? Let's start us out. How do I make better financial decisions? Well, for me, I think the key point, Stacy, is you've got to be you. You have to have clarity, or at least I have to have clarity. 
I think so many of my own mistakes or my poor decisions have come when I'm just kind of being reactive, if you will. I'm just, I'm just doing what I see other people do. I'm making the decisions that they're making. And I'm not thinking about what is it that I want out of life and how do I spend money so that uh, I'm able to accomplish what I want out of life. And I Can think you give me an example? People... I, don't, I don't want to put you on the spot. Can you give me an example of what you yeah. mean by that? So uh, as an example, for me, I really value being able to walk uh, for my errands or perhaps bike. And so recently, uh, well, I say recently, but five or six years ago, uh, my girlfriend and I bought a house that was, uh, it wasn't really rural. It wasn't in the suburbs, but it was a good two, three miles away from the nearest grocery store. I like to be able to walk to the grocery store. And so when we bought that house, I wasn't thinking about what is important to me and what is it that I want out of life. I want a walkable neighborhood. I want to be able to walk for most of my errands. And so purchasing that house was a poor decision. And eventually we sold it and moved to a place that is walkable. And, you know, th that's interesting, too, because this is the way most of us go through life. And, and this is why, even though as we get older, we may not be quite as attractive, but we're wiser because we've made mistakes. You know, I mean, like, you didn't think about that when you first, when you bought that house, that you might want to be closer to the grocery store. And so the next time you buy a house, you don't repeat that mistake. But it, it's unfortunate that we have to make mistakes in order to advance our knowledge instead of just figuring out how to make the right decision in the first place. Like, what if you looked at a checklist? Uh, what's important to you? Close to the grocery store. Then you might not have bought that house in the first place. Yeah. And another, I just realized I have an example going on right now in my actual life. As soon as we finish this call, I'm going to uh, go to the car dealership because, you know, two years ago, I traded in my 2004 uh, Mini Cooper and I replaced it with a 2019, uh, I call it a Maxi Cooper, but it's another <laughs> model of Mini that it's a small SUV. I, I'm not an SUV guy. I like small cars. And I made a poor decision there that wasn't aligned with my values and what I want out of life. And so the dealership wants to offer me almost what I paid for it two years ago. I'm going to take them up on it and switch cars back to something that's more aligned with who I am. Why do we make, why do we do this? Why, why don't we have a checklist? Why didn't you realize that you didn't really want a car that big? Why, why, do, we, why do we make bad decisions is what I'm trying to say. It, it, to open to anybody. I mean, why, why do you guys think we do that? <laughs> Oh, for for did, me, did, did, I mean. well, anybody, you know, I don't care. Whoever's got an answer. Sorry to interrupt you, Miranda, but for me, I, I think it's because a lot of times we are not clear of what we actually want out of life. We don't have a clear direction. We don't have a sense of like, where do I want to be in five years or 10 years? So if you don't know where it is you want to end up, then any particular decision is just as good as any other decision, if you know what I mean. It's like, it doesn't that matter because you don't have an end in mind. So it's your choices are just sort of arbitrary, I think. That's really what tough do think, to do man? if every decade you you yourself change and your wants yeah. and desires change, especially as you get older, those things change. You know, you're, you feel like you're on top of the world at 20, then by the time you're 50, you can barely get out of the chair. So it's like, you know, you're, what you want of life changes, you know. And I think That's part true. of that, though, goes with you know, a lot of the time we don't take a lot of time out for self-reflection and to, to figure out how those things change. Right. I mean, like Aaron says, I mean, um, who I was and where I am in life now are very different things. Um, even just less than 10 years ago, um, you know, 10, 10, 
10 years ago, 10 years ago, I was uh, living in Utah and I was married and my child was in elementary school. And today I am divorced and I have uh, lived in Philly, then come to Idaho and my son is almost 20. And so I think that, you know, when you take a step back, a lot of us don't um, stop and think about, okay, how are my life changes? How are these things affecting me? How do they change my my value alignment? And how do they change my priorities? And a lot of the time, we don't take stock of that as we're going through it. And we just sort of keep keep doing what we're uh, supposed to do. Like for those of you who are listening, it's, I'm making air quotes with my hands, uh, <laughs> what, we're, what we're supposed to do. And because we don't stop and think about, okay, well, how does what we're supposed to do? Um, does that, is that really what I want for my life? And, um, JD and I have both been through this in our own journeys where like, you know, we were following one path that we were supposed to follow and then realized mm, yeah. <laughs> maybe not, maybe that's not for me. So, 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 go ahead, so go the ahead, trick Aaron. really is to just constantly reassess, you know, cause I mean, when I was 20, yeah. I wasn't thinking about RV life, you know, and as I'm getting older, I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. I've been seeing it on YouTube. Everybody seems happy and oh, maybe I fine. should put my money towards <laughs> that, you know, but then I'm like, am I going to still want to do that? You know, by the time I'm ready to do that in, in 10 more years, do I still want to do that? Or is there going to be you know, annoying yeah, at that this age. This brings yeah. up another point too, Aaron, because when you said RV life, I almost went like this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be in an RV. But, and, the, right. and the reason I, the reason I'm bringing that up is because a lot of times we might make decisions based on what we think other people think we should do instead of what right. we want to do. You know, when I, I moved, I live in Fort Lauderdale, I lived here for 20 years and when and I lived in Ohio before this. And when I was moving here, people said, are you crazy? You'll get machine gunned in Miami. You know, I mean, it, they don't speak English there. And, and I'll be damned if they didn't almost talk me out of moving here. And I, I moved here because I wanted to. And I was right. I live on the water. I have a boat behind my house. It's an awesome place. I, I'll leave here yeah. feet first only. I love it here. But I almost let other people convince me that I shouldn't do this. And so, you know, so maybe letting other people influence your decisions instead of thinking about what you really want is a bad way to make decisions. You I guys think agree? you're right. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. And the hard thing, though, is getting clear on what it is you actually want. I yes. Think. Especially when you're young. When you're young, you have no real conception because there's so many possibilities. It's very difficult to, like, hone in on what it is you want. It's interesting. I'm reading a book right now called Designing Your Life uh, by two Stanford University professors, Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. And they're in the design department at Stanford. And they said, you know, what if we applied principles of product design or just design in general, to figuring out what to do with your life. And so they created this course for students about designing your life. And uh, they published a book called Designing Your Life. And although it's intended for students, it is great for people like me who are kind of going through a midlife crisis. I'm 53 years old, and uh, it's been a fantastic tool trying to figure out, okay, where do I want to be in five years? It seems like we're almost saying... Uh, you're, you're kind of a, a lost soul in your 20s, discovering yourself, maybe through your 20s and 30s. It almost seems like is uh, building your wealth almost the most important part right there and then instead of trying to really discover what you want to do, you know, by the time you're able to do whatever and, uh, and, and leave it. And then that way you just amass amount of money. And, and then when you're 50, you can figure it all out. I'm like, all right, now what am I going to do with myself? Yeah. By the way, Aaron, that reminds me, I put, I jotted some notes on how to make better decisions. And the first thing on the top of my list, have a plan. 
I mean, you know, I, I wrote this, the first, uh, the first book I wrote was life or debt, which I wrote in 1999 or something like that. I assume JD went to the library and read it when he was trying to get out of debt. <laughs> uh, you don't have to, you don't have to have read it, JD, but you do have to say you read it. Okay. Oh, I, I read uh, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I thank you. Thank you. Anyway, uh, in that book, I said, you know, if, if you get it, most people do their life like this. Like they're, if they're going to go somewhere interesting, would you just get in your car and drive around aimlessly hoping to arrive at someplace that you wanted to be? It's ridiculous. You use a map. So if you know, you know, thinking about where you want to go and then figuring out the path to get there is going to really help you influence good decision making. Now, obviously, we're talking about being 20 and being 50. Your plans can change and they will change. But not having a plan is, is a way it's a, to introduce yourself to bad decision making. Agree? Yeah. And I like what you say about the map, because like when I travel, when I'm doing like a road trip, uh, a lot of the time I'll be like, okay, this is my original plan. But then if I'm looking at the map, this is why I don't use GPS, by the way. <laughs> I like when I'm looking at the map, I'm going, wait a sec, this looks cool. Um, I do want to see this. I can tweak my my plan to get to my end destination a little bit and and go off and do something different and tweak it a little bit. And and really kind of enjoy it more. And so I think I like that idea of just having your general roadmap, but then being able to tweak it as you go and, but you, you know, and, and, and just making sure that you're, as you go along, you're going, okay, well, does this make sense? That, and you have contingency plans for flat tires. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and you know, by the way, great analogy. Whether you're driving a car or you're driving a boat or you're making financial decisions, here's some advice. Slow the hell down. What's the rush? You know, I mean, if you want to crash your boat, go fast, you know, when you're docking. Uh, you, you can't go too slow if you're driving a big boat. Uh, and, you know, it's the same thing with a lot of people. You know, your parents would say, hey, let's sleep on it. They weren't wrong. I mean, you, you should sleep on major decisions. You should think them through. You should give yourself time to become rational. So I think that's good advice, too. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, we're going to have a, an animated discussion on the other side of this break. But I do have to take a really quick break. Why? Because I made the decision to pay some bills. Okay, that's why. It was a good decision. We're going to be, we're going to be right back after this. And we're going to talk some more. Okay, we are back. So we've, we've gotten a few, a few nuggets here. Okay, think about what you want. Uh, make a plan. Take your time. So what, what else can we do to make better decisions, JD, or, or anyone on our panel? Well, I think JD said it earlier on here is to be clear about your values and your priorities. And he mentioned that kind of at the top. And I think that's where everything starts. Um, because unless you actually know what you value and what matters to you, like, I mean, um, you, you can't see it if you're just listening, but if you're on video, you can see behind me, I have a whole bunch of knickknacky things over here. And, and part of the reason I have so many knickknacks is because I would, I kind of mindlessly buy them and I've gotten rid of a lot over the years because I don't need them. But I kind of mindlessly buy them all the while lamenting the fact that I didn't have enough money to travel. And I'd be like, why don't I have enough money to travel? And then one day I looked around and I was like, I have enough stuff that I bought that I don't think about that I could have um, gone to Europe like twice. Mm -hmm. And so, and Europe's an expensive place to go twice. And so, uh, I realized, okay, so what I'm doing is the money I'm spending is not aligning with my values. And so I started taking a step back and saying, okay, let's really dig in here. What really matters. And I started going back through my spending 
like my past spending and saying, okay, did this help me reach a financial goal or priority I have? Did this spending help me uh, with a value that I have? Does this match a value I have? And I started going through and going, nope, 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 nope. And I started changing what I was spending my money on. And now before I make an expenditure, I have like an internal list of questions I ask myself um, to make sure that, okay, wait, does this help me with a financial goal? Does this align with my values? Is this going to enrich my life in some way? Um, and, and by the way, what enriches your life is what enriches your life. So yeah. your checklist is going to be different. That's, yeah, that's I, I think what you're talking about, Miranda. Before. I'm sorry, JD, go right ahead. I, I, I think what Miranda is talking about is opportunity costs. Mm -hmm. And if you yep. choose to spend your money or your time on one thing, you are, uh, whether you know it or not, you're giving up the opportunity to spend your money or your time on something different. And it's a critical concept to understand. And it ties in directly to what uh, Ramit Sethi calls conscious spending, what I call mindful spending. But it's that making these deliberate choices, like you're talking about, the deliberate choices to spend on what's important to you. If you spend on the things that are unimportant to you, whether it's deliberate or not, the opportunity cost is then you're not able to spend on the things that do matter. Yes. And you know, one of, one of the things I said in my, that same book, JD was, uh, you can either look rich or be rich, but you won't live long enough to do both. Uh, and you know, and that's, that's a difficult thing for young people to understand. It's a difficult thing for anyone to understand, actually, you know, knowing why you're doing what you're doing and, you know, you're, you're buying something because it makes you feel better or worse yet, you're buying something because you want other people to go, Oh, Stacy, that's cool. You know, and, and you're you're and, and then you're giving up the opportunity to actually become rich because you're squandering it all now on stupid stuff. So that's that's a good I, thing to remember. I, I think it's also important to note that sometimes you don't even realize you're spending mm. to impress other people or because other people are doing it. It's just you fall into this. I don't know what to call them, ruts or routines or these patterns of behavior that just you're not like consciously thinking about how you're spending your money and it ends up being to fit in because as humans, we want to fit in. That's what we want to do. Yes. And so how much money do you think is being spent to fit in versus how much money we spend just to make ourselves feel better? I think both of those are very high on the list. <laughs> I mean, so they've done things and they say approximately 10 to 15% of households. Uh, okay approximately 10 to 15% of a typical household income is considered like wasted. And so however you want to define wasted, I think that's a great rule of thumb to like take a step back at and, and cool. look at. You know, guys, I don't want to interrupt or derail this train of thought, but I, but I want to get to something uh, before we run out of time. First of all, we're, we, we promised we were going to all tell our worst financial decision. <laughs> and then I just thought of something. I'm trying to decide something and I can't, that I'm going to ask you guys to help me. But let, let's do this first. Okay, so for worst financial decision, Aaron. Oh, I don't have a worst financial decision. My entire 20s and 30s was the worst financial decision. <laughs> One, I never invested in anything that grows in, uh, you know, equity or anything. I just spent it all on depreciating assets. Uh, tried to create companies by buying expensive things before I even knew what the hell I was doing or how to create a company. Um, bought cars on credit cards. I mean, come on. I did a whole lot of dumb things. Um, so my, I, don't, I can give some advice about all this stuff after everybody else goes. <laughs> okay, Miranda. 
So I think, um, I mean, yeah, I've done plenty of silly things um, that didn't really work with my values. Uh, but I think, you know, more recently, and I think it's important to talk about this too, is more recently, um, you know, I, I had some uh, leftover loans from my marriage and everything. And I just kind of let them ride for a couple years because I wanted to have fun. And, and that doesn't bother me. I can I made that decision to, you know, that paying the interest was okay for me and I didn't care. Uh, but when I decided I was ready to consolidate them and pay them off, um, I did not uh, pay attention to the fine print and I ended up in a debt settlement program. And so mm -hmm. uh, now I have crappy credit and <laughs> now I have crappy credit. And, it's, it's, and, and so just that that slip and not paying attention and being too busy and, and in not like you were saying earlier, slowing down a little bit. I didn't slow down. I didn't take a step back. I didn't have to sign the paperwork that day. I didn't have to, you know, whatever. I thought I was getting a uh, loan, a debt consolidation loan at a really low interest rate. And what I was doing was entering a debt settlement program. And I didn't take the time to take a step back and read things. And, and I think, you know, just that kind of slowing down, most of the decisions we make don't have to be made immediately. And I found that in my life, whenever I've sped up the decision making process, or just was like, whatever, um, that's when it costs me the most. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, JD, guest of honor. Tell us tell us some of your screw ups. <laughs> yeah, I keep trying to think of what my biggest financial mistake is. But like Aaron, I have so many. It's like, how do you pick and choose? <laughs> I feel like, for example, right now I'm unraveling. I feel like, so in 2015, 2016, my girlfriend and I did a cross-country RV trip. We were gone for 15 months. Was when it cool? we came back, it was amazing. That was cool. not a mistake. That, that, was, like that was fantastic. Um, but when we got back, I began to make a series of decisions that in retrospect were mistakes. And I've been unraveling myself from those mistakes uh, for a year now, and there's still more, more unraveling to do. But if I have to think of an example of a mistake that I think many people make, and it's small, but it adds up in time, I would go back to one of my very first decisions I made financially as an adult, again, in air quotes. Um, and that is uh, at registration, my freshman year of college, there were all these booths set up around the gym. And, you know, I registered for classes, then you went to the booths and there were two banks. There was a, there was a local credit union offering a checking account and there was a big national bank offering a checking account. And the big national bank uh, was giving away a free Frisbee if you signed up for their checking account. So I signed up for that, uh, that the big national bank and I had that checking account. I forget how many years now, 17, 18 years, something like that. It, initially it was a $5 a month uh, fee to have that account. It went up to $8 a month. So, you know, I'm paying $60 a year, $90 a year. Uh, but the credit union checking account would have been free. Right. Ultimately, I ended up, it, it, it was a free Frisbee, only it wasn't. It was like a $1,000 Frisbee. That's what it ended up costing me to get that Frisbee. And very clever on the bank's part to get me to pay $1,000 for that Frisbee. Uh, and the stupid thing is, you know, I maybe tossed that around the quad once or twice and then never used it again. Uh, and that's a very typical mistake. And I think it's emblematic of the kind of decisions I made when I was young. I didn't think them through and make smart financial choices. I just went on emotion and what was there in the moment rather than looking at the long-term consequences. 
Yeah, well, uh, you know, that reminded me of something, too. I've got I've got several real quick ones. OK, I have a storage room for which I used to pay 250 bucks a month is now four hundred dollars a month. I've owned it for 25 years and there is no way that everything combined in that storage room is worth a tenth of the amount I've paid. And it's just amazing. Why am I doing it? Because I'm too lazy to go get rid of the stuff. Because, you know, we all have stuff that we can't throw it away because it has value. But we, we can't sell it because no one wants to buy it. You know, <laughs> and so there it sits, you know. I mean, I've got a, I've got a desk that a friend of mine, uh, he died in 1987. And I've got the desk from E.F. Hutton that he used to sit at. I bought it at auction when E.F. Hutton closed. And it's been sitting there since... I've had it in storage for 1990. Why? Because it's too big to fit in my damn house. <laughs> but I still store it every month. Okay, then I also opened a restaurant. That was a brilliant move. I put up the money, and a friend of mine who knew what he was doing. So $150,000 later, and four years of labor living in Jacksonville, Florida, which is not my favorite place to live, um, I lost all that money. And then my first wife. I don't know which of these things is the stupidest. Probably my first <laughs> wife. And hopefully she doesn't listen to this podcast, but if she does, up yours. <laughs> anyway, that, that cost me a whole bunch of money. And, you know, I, I, make, I sound like making a joke, but you know the truth is we often do enter into decisions like uh, romantic ones without really thinking it through. And it, this is something we do when we're in our 20s, right? This is why so many people are divorced. You, you, you love somebody and then you, you don't. And I'm not saying right. you approach a relationship strictly from a fiscal perspective, but, but you do want to think things through because it really matters in your life. Getting divorced is expensive. Go ahead, Judy. I'm going to point out, I want to point out that uh, even when we're older, like Stacy and I are, uh, we still make dumb decisions, or at least I do. Behind me, I have a fish tank. And in the tank, the reason I have this fish tank is my cousin – bought six goldfish. They were 36 cents a piece. So $2 and 16 cents in goldfish. Uh, he bought them to like prepare a tank for some very fancy African cichlids that he was going to put in the tank. And he, he was going to flush the six goldfish down the toilet. I'm like, no, 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 I'll take them. <laughs> so I took them. I bought a small tank, uh, 20 gallon. Uh, it was too small for the goldfish. So I said, okay, I'll upgrade to a 70 gallon tank. Oh, and I need the, the stand to go on top of it. And I need all the other stuff inside it. And so basically I have $2.16 a fish, but I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, but I have a $1,000 aquarium set up here <laughs> for these $2 in fish. And so, and I'm not going to say that's a poor choice because I do, I get pleasure out of yeah, this I was going to say, if you enjoy the fish. Yeah, I enjoy the fish, but it seems a little bit ludicrous, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Okay, now with the little time we have left, which isn't much, you guys need to help me make a decision. I just thought of this. Okay. I'm driving a 2009 Mercedes. It's got about 50,000 miles on it because I don't drive at all. I use a bicycle, you know, and when I'm on the weekends, I'm drinking. So Aaron drives. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the point, point is it's high time for me to buy another car. And for some reason, for some other people, this seems like an easy thing to do. They walk into a dealership and they buy a car. And I just can't, I not only have, am I unable to do it, I don't understand why I'm unable to do it. I have plenty of money. You know, I can, I could buy a, 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 I mean, I could buy a brand new Bentley if I wanted to bad enough, but for some reason I can't seem to pull the trigger. You'll you, like JD, you'll pull up in a convertible in a Corvette and I'll be like, Oh, I need that. <laughs> and, and then Miranda will come up, come up in an SUV and I'll go, Oh, I love this. 
I just can't make a decision about what, what kind of car I want. Why am I frozen in place like this? Because we're in a bear market. <laughs> no, but really, it's a I bull mean, market for cars, though. Yeah, it that's really true. is. Yeah, I could. I bought. I you know, I bought my my Subaru Outback Wilderness last year, um, and if I wanted to, I could sell it for eight thousand more than I bought it for. This is this is about helping me, okay? This is well, about you don't, you guys being brilliant. Okay? I think. Well, I think you don't see the value in cars anymore, basically. I guess, but why can't I even decide what kind of car I want? I, you know, this is probably true though, because I drive so infrequently. It really doesn't even matter. And and I also hate car dealers. Uh, dealers. Oh, I hate you know, car dealers with a passion too. Yeah, I've, I've never bought yeah. a new car. I bought one for my it, wife. It, I've never bought one for it, myself. Like I say, as soon as I finish this call, I'm driving an hour north to go to a car dealership. And I'm not but looking forward to it. But I also know that, yeah, I'm going in with something in mind, so I'm not too worried. Oh, you right. know what? You so know that's the thing. So like Stacy, if when you're young, you're probably like, oh, man, I love that sports car. I, love that. I want that. I want that. And, and you even did. You get that red uh, convertible Mercedes that you have. Yeah, but now that you're older, you don't see the value in those vehicles anymore. You're like, I don't care. I don't want to drive, you know. That's true. But um, it, I've worked my whole life to save up money, and now I have money, and I'm not spending it. I mean, it's just, and I don't know why. I, I guess, I guess, because I'm just not that interested in it. You know, I just don't Find care that much. Find something else to spend it on. Yeah, where's that big boat? I, yeah, I, I think do, it goes I back to your values. Too. Oh, you yeah. know, another thing I'm doing, guys. Well, you know, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because a lot of people probably go through this in their decision-making processes, right? Because, like, I don't know what kind of car I want, you know, and so I don't, I don't know how to decide because I don't know what I want, you know, and so well, it's, you know what I like a, I'm frozen like a deer in the headlights. But you have the opposite effect now as you get older, because we've made so many mistakes in the past, now we're second guessing all of our decisions that we make now. I mean, I'm doing that. You know, we're thinking about, uh, do we buy another house? I don't know. We, we did it well so far, but what if we screw up this time? Yeah, now right. we're scared. You and, know? and Aaron, I'm thinking also, but why don't I just wait until electric cars become more feasible? You know, until there's more choices there. And then I'm like... Stacey, you're 67. You may not survive the weekend. What the hell are you waiting for? <laughs> so buy, buy an electric car three years from now and buy another car right now. I mean, but I, but I just sit here. So, Stacy, I'm going to tell you exactly what I did. When the dealer, when I went to the dealer the other day and they said, we'll give you $33,000 for the car that you paid $36,002 years ago, I had no intention to buy a car. So I'm like, what would I even want in a car if I were to replace this? So I went to the Consumer Reports website. And somewhere on the Consumer Reports website, if you're a subscriber, as I am, uh, I am, they have a tool that will let you walk through. You let, it, it only asks like three basic questions. And then based on those three basic questions, it feeds back. These are the cars that probably best fit what you're looking for. And in my case, it's a Mazda Miata, which is not an electric car at all. But boy, I'll be damned if Consumer Reports did not nail what I'm looking for. Really? A small, <laughs> sporty car for a midlife crisis? You got it. See, this is well, why means- this is why I asked you guys, and you you helped me. See, you actually helped me. And by the way, my yeah. little my midlife crisis started. I'm going to say 40 years ago, and it has not ended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, now I think we are almost out of time. Except, does anybody have anything really compelling that they need to add? <laughs> Make a decision. <laughs> I think it's important to realize that we all make money mistakes. It, it, when you're young, you make them, and as an adult, here I'm making what could be conceived of as a mistake with the fish, you know? We all make them. The important thing is to not let those get you down, not let them derail you, uh, but to kind of keep your plan in mind and say, okay, I made a mistake. Well, how do I fix this? And to try to make better decisions next time. 
we all make mistakes. It's fine. It's part of being human. Excellent I would say, go ahead, I would Aaron. say education. I would say education. I mean, mm-hmm. we all the, the main things you can do in life is you can educate yourself for good jobs, uh, build your own business or buy a business, stocks, invest in land and housing. But in order to do any of those things, you can't go in blindly. You have to learn about each one of them. So you, the more you educate about yourself, the less mistakes you're going to make doing it. Also excellent advice. Anything from you, Miranda? Uh, no, just kind of reiterate uh, that Good. one of the best things you can do is, you know, understand yourself and your values and continue to uh, reevaluate. And remember, if you can't, if you're, if you're afraid of making a decision, then do what Stacy does. Don't make one. Just sit there. <laughs> and, you know, and actually, you know what? At the end of the day, though, you guys, probably what this is, is fear of making a bad decision. That's why I'm not making one. And, and that's yeah. what happens a lot of the time, too. But standing like a deer in the headlights is just going to get you run over. You know, so. Consumer reports would probably suggest you a, a Bentley. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I would suggest a Bentley for myself. Uh, but you're, you're, the only, you're the one who's going to end up driving it, Aaron. You should be This is why I'm out. suggesting it. <laughs> Okay, guys, we are out of time. But you know what? We are never out of topic. Dig a little deeper. You're going to find links to lots more info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is mirandamarquit.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. And and you've got to visit J.D. Roth. Uh, That is going to be at getrichslowly.org, which he did. I, I can see him now. He's rich, and, and he t- took a long time getting there. <laughs> you've got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, tell us about it. Email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. One final thing, if you like what we do, then do something for us. Subscribe to the podcast. Takes you two seconds. Really helps us out. So if you like us, don't just sit there. Show us and subscribe. I'm Stacy Johnson. I'm Miranda Marquette. And I'm Aaron Freeman. And there's J.D. Roth. I'm J.D. Roth. Yes, thank you so much for being here, J.D. You are an awesome guy. I don't care what anybody thank says. Thank you. We want, we want to have you back sometime soon. Thanks for ha- hanging out with us, everybody. We'll see you right here next time. <laughs>